Welcome to Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history. As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian. And I'm Dark Tina. Tina, welcome to the show. Welcome to the newest episode of this little program we like to call Leveling Up, A News Quest to Get Good. Uh, this week, this month, this fortnight, boy, my time scale's just all over the place. I've been working yeah. on development lately, and I'm just a mess. Uh, but this time, we're going we're going to be discussing uh, a game called Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. It's the sequel to yeah. that other Zelda game we did, which is, you know, kind of uncommon in Zelda games, but here we are. Uh... Wait. Hold on, are you making a joke? No, like, I when I said sequel, I meant direct sequel, and direct sequels are incredibly uncommon in Zelda okay. games. There's like okay, that's th- fine. There's like three of them out of the 15 or 16 core Zelda games. Okay, I was like, bitch, I can name like 10 Zelda games. Yeah, no, 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 I mean direct sequels. Like, this okay. Zelda 2 is actually Zelda 2 sequel to Zelda 1. As gotcha. opposed to... I'm sorry, yeah, continue. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, we're playing. We're talking about Zelda Two. Hey Tina, what's Zelda Two? I mean, what can I say about Zelda Two that hasn't been said in many, many an angry blog post? You know, but it is, it is a an action adventure. Or no, hold on, hold on, action adventure. Yeah, I could go with it. I would say okay, maybe like action RPG? platformer. With RPG elements? You could really slap anything on this, and it would still be bad. Yeah. Um, It's also reminiscent of early Castlevania games, not the Metroidvania Castlevanias, but the early Metroid- the early Castlevanias. Sure, that I'll means take no- your word for That it. means nothing to you yet, because we haven't gotten there, but trust me, there's a difference. Okay, I'll take your word for it. In this game, you play as Link, and you go rescue Zelda again- and you more explore more dungeons. Really, the only difference is there's no Ganon. It's you're fighting your own inner demons this time. Yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty much it. Like we said, the genre on this one is just all over the place: action, platformer, RPG elements. It's really kind of hard to classify this one, but you know what? Here we are. I feel very, however, I feel very confident in saying RPG, not just because I read a whole bunch of stuff that was touting all about the RPG elements, but I really think the definition of RPG is crystallizing in my, in my mind, all right. and I'm happy about it. All right, nice, yeah. Uh, just for reference, Wikipedia does actually classify it as an action-adventure game. Really? Yeah. Because that's the thing, action and action... The action-adventure genre is actually a distinct entity from what you would get by just comp- combining action and adventure. It is distinct from both action and adventure. Yes, it is not just this. It is, in fact, greater than the sum of its parts. I mean, this game wasn't. I mean, no, this game was... Hey, Tina, how, what were your general impressions on this game? My general impressions were that it's, this was a rough two weeks, my friends. 
going into this game, you told me that this was gonna be the worst, or one of the worst, if not the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we can only go up from here. But there feels like there's, like, there's still a long way to go to get to a good game. You know. I totally understand, but trust me, I promise you, the next one is good. Link to the Past is fantastic. Okay. It's usually highly regarded as one of the best Zeldas of all time. It's in my top five. It's very good. But we're not talking about that one right now. But we're not. We're talking about Zelda 2, which is a piece of garbage. Joe, how do you feel about this game? Hey, it's also trash. It's, it, it bottoms out my list, even below fucking Skyward Sword. So you know what? That's how I feel. I'm sure that means something. You know what? Actually, let me rephrase that. I put this below fucking Spirit Tracks. That's how much I hate this game. Ooh. Anyway, let's start at the beginning with some basics. How did you feel about the movement? and controls, and just move it around the place. How'd that feel? I think this was actually... I think we're starting at a high point for the game. Okay. I liked the... I liked that he got a little taller, and you could have your shield at, like, one height or another height, and you could stab at one height or the other height, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Boop, boop. I thought that was cool. I thought... I mean, the jumping and the walking was relatively fluid. Mm. I... This is one of the few things I didn't hate about this game. That's fair. That's fair. Not to immediately shit on your opinion, but I disagree. I mean, that's fine. Why do you hate it? I just... I just think the controls are too stiff. It's too difficult to control this boy. It might be my play style. I'm a little frenetic. But combat, I always feel like I'm always losing. And... I mean, I felt that way too, but... I mean, that's fair. I just have the... Um, I just have the guts to not blame the controls. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm just saying that I like the ideas of the more complex combat. Okay. But I felt that, in my opinion, the the movement held it back from being as good as it could. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the combat, though? Okay, I don't know if this is the appropriate time to talk about it, but I really disliked... The, yeah, I feel that this is part of it. I really just like the separation between the top-down part and the side-scrolling part. Mm-hmm. And I feel that the side-scrolling is obviously the only time you did combat. So I kind of hated that distinction. Okay. So why did you hate the um, difference in the two zones, I guess? It made things feel super disjointed. Okay. You know? Obviously, this isn't an incredibly immersive game. Sure. But it really felt like, now we will go fight, you know? And it wasn't like Paper Mario where, like, that was kind of the gimmick, you know? Where, like, we're on the arena now, blah, 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 you know? Sure. It just made it feel clunky. Okay. I didn't like it. Do you have any idea of how you would do it differently? No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's a really shitty answer, but, like, okay, you can't make it all top-down, because then that takes away the height differential that I think is actually kind of interesting about combat, but maybe you think that's fine, because you don't 
really like that part, but that's okay. No, um, I do like that part. The movement is the part that I don't like. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's fine. Well, regardless, you still couldn't do it all top down, yeah. but you can't do it all side scroller because that takes away all the part of exploration. But honestly, maybe if this game had a little less exploration, that wouldn't be a bad thing. That's fair. That's fair. So I don't know really how I do it differently, but not this. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of other... Because this, the kind of top-down world map, is something taken from other JRPGs of the time. Final Fantasy, this is basically Final Fantasy's map. It's a top-down view, very zoomed out. You have your small character in the middle, and you would go around and you would have random encounters. But it's different in Final Fantasy because there were never side-scrolling segments. Towns were top-down, the village was top-down, the dungeons were top-down. And that was fine because there was never real-time combat. There was, you know, the JRPG combat. Yeah. There was the menu-based combat. And so it's interesting that there are... It it takes a fair amount of inspiration in its world design, I guess, from JRPGs. But the actual combat, it took from Castlevania. And so it tried to kind of mash those two genre games together. And it didn't really work super well. Yeah, I just don't like the... I just don't like the hybrid of the two styles. Like, I didn't have a problem in in the original Zelda that we played where everything was top-down, and I didn't have a problem in Shantae where you had a bit of exploration, exploration, but it was all side-scroll. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, understandable. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, talking about JRPG stuff, how did you feel about the leveling system? This was actually a, another point that I kind of enjoyed about the game. Mm-hmm. I thought this was not a better way to customize your character, but I have a recollection of us calling the original Zelda also an RPG, because, like, oh, you level up with the different items. We called it that because everyone calls them that. They're really not, but, like, Zelda is one of the weird non-stereotypical JRPGs that people still call a JRPG regardless. I cannot explain to you why I should have done more research on that, but it's 100% a thing that's true. That's fine. This actually felt like an RPG, and I liked it. I also specifically liked it because leveling up my health, or like my life bar, actually, I felt it was my best defense against having to replay the game a bazillion times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Uh, what What did you think? Uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a nice idea. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like, I didn't necessarily appreciate the exact implementation. And I'm trying to decide why. I think it's just because it om- the leveling system specifically feels almost vestigial. Um, it it isn't integrated as directly into the game. It's it feels like another layer on top of the rest of the game. Whereas in future Zelda games, you'll still have, like, sword and health and magic upgrades, but they are garnered in the same way as the other stuff. They're garnered through exploring the world and picking up items that you can then turn in for health, magic, whatever upgrades. And I feel like that this may just be because I've played a lot more of the games, and because of that, I see where what the others do better that this one fails at. But I still do see that, and because of my biases, I feel like the leveling system is a good idea just implemented poorly, in my opinion. It just feels, similarly to how you feel about the overworld versus platforming, it just feels disjoint from the rest of the game to me. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, I do like having the... 
And I don't know of... I mean, I guess this is common in the other RPGs that we've played. Mainly because I can think of an equivalent in Paper Mario. But I do like how it tells you when your next upgrade will be. Like, you have yeah. this many out of this many points. Yes. That, that is a hundred... That is 100% a thing in the vast majority of JRPGs, 100%. Having that constant reminder of, like, how close you are to getting that next upgrade yeah. was, I don't know, I, I like that little reminder there. Yeah, no, that's, that's all, that is good. I'd say it's actually bad if JRPG doesn't do that. At least you need a bar or something. I'd say the vast majority of JRPGs give you some indication of, like, you're this close to your next level up. If not putting it in explicit numbers like in pokemon they had the bar for experience okay i was gonna say what did pokemon do because i can't remember it at all that's fair yeah they have a bar i'd say yeah there's two there usually if there's a bar you can also go into like a menu and it'll say the bar is actually 738 out of a thousand or whatever but <laughs> yeah uh how did you feel about the spells and also the spells in relation to like i'm gonna start that over again how did you feel about the fact that we had spells in addition to items like we did in the first Zelda? I thought that the spells were a good thought. Mm -hmm. Some of them were super useful in my opinion. Yeah. And I probably used them more than the items. Okay. However, like, your... What did you have, like, eight spells? Something like that. However many spells you had, plus your items... It started to get a bit much. Okay, yeah. I thought the spells were neat. There were, like you said, there were some good ones. There weren't some good ones. There was also a spell that was just called spell. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, 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 we'll get to the spell spell. Um, yeah, spells were fine. I thought the items were also fine. They weren't as useful, as universally useful as in the first game, I think. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think, honestly, part of that was because you had the spells. That we're taking some of the use out. Certainly, that's certainly a reason, but it's also the fact that, like, none of the items were usable in the world. Like, mm -hmm. th technically they were. Like, the Power Glove let you break rocks, but you never equipped the Power Glove to break the rock. Like, in the yeah. first game, you equipped the candle, or you equipped the bow to shoot the bow. In this one, they're more like passive upgrades instead yeah. of active items. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You the, the active stuff was replaced by the spells. But then you just end up kind of not forgetting about the items, but like... Yeah, no. The items were very much diminished in use in this game. Yes. And I think what speaks volume to, volumes to that is the fact that when you gave me highs and lows for this, you didn't give me highs and lows for items. That's very true. You just gave me spell temple and boss. Yeah, I'm like... The, the, the items are yeah. nothing. The items are nothing. Yeah, exactly. The items are nothing. Yeah, definitely. That's why, like, and maybe much, like, maybe saying it felt like too much wasn't the right word. It just felt like I was carrying around, like, not useless crap, but, like, but, like a step crap. above. Slightly useless crap. Yeah. They felt much more, even, like, a lot of them, a lot of the items felt much more one use than the items in the past game. Like, in Zelda 1, the raft literally had one use. It might have had one extra use for getting a heart container or something. But, like, all of the game, all of the items in this game felt like the raft from the first game. Exactly. So, yeah. And since this game was rather punishing, 
getting them was even harder. Yeah. So, yet they were more useless. Yeah. Yeah. So, it sucked. Uh, I like that segue. Let's talk about the difficulty. Oh, okay. How do you feel? This really, in my opinion, was the game's biggest downfall. Yeah. I am not against games being hard. Mm-hmm. This game felt unfair. Sure. Especially having to start all over if you lost your three lives. Three lives? Four lives? Three it's, lives. It's three lives, but you didn't start all over. You kept your items. You just start back at the beginning of the map, with, and you've lost your experience points. But you kept yeah. your levels. You kept your items. You kept your spells. You just lost experience points and physical progress. It just... I still I understand know. what you're saying. I'm, I just want to properly represent... Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. We will not be unjustly harsh. Yeah. I don't understand why it bothered me so. Because... I like some hard games. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like The Binding of Isaac. You know this. It's yeah. a very hard game. But the... So I don't know why hardness there feels like a challenge and a reward, but here it just feels like an annoyance. This is where I personally think the control issues to me come in. Okay. I think a lot of the difficulty is the clunkiness of the controls. the The movement and the responsiveness of the game feels slow to me and because of that the combat feels like it's faster than the game can process i guess it's not exactly what it means that's not exactly what i mean like the combat feels like you need faster reactions than you are able to have given the input ability okay so do you think lots of the problems with this game would be solved if it was less clunky I certainly, I, I think if the game was remade on the Switch with current-gen hardware and current-gen control scheme, I definitely think a lot of the issues could be solved by the controls. I personally think that a lot of the problems could be solved by making the controls more responsive. Okay. Yes. Interesting. And also toning down the attack frequency of the enemies a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just the hair? Maybe just a little bit. Those mace throwers, you have like a half a sec a half of a frame input to get through their maces without getting hit. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean yeah, I think we covered difficulty fairly well. Uh how did you feel about the towns in the game? The towns in the game definitely were kind of a nice respite mm-hmm. from the possibility of random encounters everywhere. Yeah. However, another thing I didn't like about this game is that, to me, it felt, the exploration part felt very hard without, like, a walkthrough. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe the towns could have telegraphed where you were supposed to go or supposed to look for things a little more effectively. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just, Just for full transparency, I... We started this game, and I told Tina, just use a walkthrough. So she... I don't know how much you talk to NPCs in town. There are NPCs in town that will tell you, go find this item or whatever. But they don't tell you where. They don't even give you a direction. They don't tell you what the item is or where to use it or how to use it. They just say, the item is hidden. Go get it. So the signposting in the game is just not great. In my opinion. Nearly non-existent, I would say. Yes. I would say nearly non-existent. Yeah. 
there was nothing wrong with the towns, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They were fine. I don't think they were utilized to the fullest potential. Okay. And if they had been, it could have alleviated some of the problems with the game. Okay. Yeah. I, I pretty much agreed. Yeah. Uh, also, how did you feel about getting health back from that prostitute? <laughs> I mean, don't we all feel rejuvenated after such an experience? I think so, yes. I mean, it's actually probably the opposite. It's probably actually a lot of self-loathing. Self-loathing and exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, as as we'll get to later, Link is a 16-year-old boy. He's probably super horny. I would say definitely. He probably just needed to bust a nut, and now he's all good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So That probably actually did help him a lot. That makes yeah. sense. I'm okay with that now. Now yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's weird. That prostitute definitely solicited a minor. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We don't know what the age of consent in high school is. That's very true. It's very true. We're going to pretend it's 16. Um, I mean, if we want to base it off, like, medieval culture, what age of consent? I mean, there's that, too. <laughs> Does that make it right, though? <sighs> I mean, no. So you mentioned random encounters. How did you feel about those random encounters? I, just real quick, I wouldn't call them random encounters, because usually... Random encounters specify that you don't know they're coming, and they were incredibly telegraphed. Yes, I would. I would the call the one thing the game could telegraph. Yeah, I called them overworld encounters, but okay. Yeah, no, I, I understand why you would call them random encounters. They appeared randomly, but usually a, a random encounter is something that just happens without any telegraphing that it may come. Okay, so the overworld encounters. Mm, yes. Mm. The bougie overworld encounters. <laughs> I mean, as I have already stated, I dislike the flip-flopping between the top-down perspective to the side scroll. And in the dungeons, this feeling was kind of mitigated because you had a prolonged experience of side scrolling. Yeah. So obviously, those random encounters, I was like, oh my god, stop it. Please stop. Just yeah. Stop. Hate it. I like, hate it so much. I like that there was like a good amount of them. I mean, yes, okay. It, the good amount of them definitely did give you time and ample opportunity to level up. Oh, when I said good amount, I meant like, sorry, a good variety. Oh, okay. That too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. They weren't all just the same thing. They were d- different depending on the area and the biome you were in. And I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the platforming. Yeah. Uh, and then to just dig right on into the core of this thing, I'm just going to do a quick section here uh, that I like to call the top five things that I just really, really hate about this video game. Uh, I can't wait. Number one, uh, sorry, number five, Death Mountain. Fucking mazy-ass piece of shit. I hated it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, number two, number four, Hidden Passages. Fuck Hidden Passages. They're dumb because those were the worst signposted things in the entire goddamn video game. Mm -hmm. Oh, this wall that looks exactly like all the other walls is actually not a wall? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Not to take away from that at all, because that also arced me. Like, the same thing happened in the first game we played. Yes and no. I say yes and no because, yes, there were random secret rooms that, like did have did not have any signposting but you also kind of knew to go to every room and like bomb all the walls and see if there were secret rooms 
in this one, there was no bombing, there was no cutting, there was no looking. It was just literally a wall that you could jump through. Like in Zelda yes, one, I understand. I understand what you're saying. That doesn't make it okay. Sure. I believe this is a chronic problem. That's fair. What were you saying about him? I was just going to say in Zelda 1, it's more based on the idea of exploration and exploring your whole environment. Whereas this one, there's certainly exploration, but there was... Like, okay, in Zelda 1, there were a number of er of rooms in the early dungeons where the secret rooms were notified by a crack in the wall. So that was obvious. And then in later dungeons, you, there weren't cracks in the walls. So you're like, oh, there's got to be a secret room in here. Let me just check all the walls. So they were signposted earlier on. In this one, they just put a fake wall in a dungeon and didn't tell you there were fake walls in the dungeons. Okay, but obviously if you're playing a direct sequel, wouldn't you have presumably played the first game? Not that I really want to defend this game, but... But to play Devil's Advocate... To play devil's advocate, shouldn't you know that there are dumb, dumb, secret, hidden walls that don't make any sense? Okay, sure, but two things. One, no bombs in this game, so there is no intention that you're supposed to be finding secret rooms. Two, there are no secret rooms for the first four dungeons, and then there is. Okay, the, fir the first four dungeons I have no defense for. I I yes, that, that is a major, major problem. Yes. If there had been secret rooms in all of the dungeons, I would hate this much less. But the fact that they just randomly started showing up out of nowhere in the fifth dungeon with no signposting is atrocious. It is. It is absolutely atrocious. However, I will strongly not just play devil's advocate, but disagree with you. I think trying to randomly jump through is a lot easier than bombing things. That's, that's fair. That's totally fair. But why would you just randomly be jumping at what have been solid walls this whole time? I mean, and now we're back to the fact that it only popped up starting in the fifth in the fifth uh, dungeon, and that is a problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we, we agree on some points, but not all of them. Uh, listeners, write in. Let us know what you think about the hidden wall situation. <laughs> write in. Send us letters. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to point number three, the Wizrobes are back, and they still suck. I mean, yeah, but again, that's just that is just. This game taking crap that was in the first game and it's still sucking. I I still hate them. Just cuz they yeah. just cuz they still suck doesn't mean they get off easy. They still suck. They still suck. Uh number 2, jumping over death pits and enemies coming out of the sky and knocking you into those fucking death pits. Mm mhm. Mm mm. Yeah. Just right on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh number 1, uh, this is a reference you want to understand. Fucking Medusa goddamn heads. So this is not something that you will understand. This is a reference to Castlevania games, which uh, are kind of popularized the idea of these sine wave enemies that just come across the screen and go in a sine wave pattern. In this game, they were like decapitated unicorn heads. But in Castlevania, they were Medusa heads. And so I saw these enemies. And I'm like, fucking Medusa heads. Goddamn motherfucking Medusa heads. I hate them. They're the worst. Fuck those enemies. In Castlevania, they're worse because not only do they damage you, they also paralyze you. Because, of course, it's Medusa. And Obviously. they paralyze you while you're in the middle of a goddamn clock tower on top of rotating clogs. And then you just fall all the way back down to the bottom because you're paralyzed. I mean, Medusa's going to do what Medusa's going to do. Fuck the Medusa heads. By which I mean Fuck the unicorn heads. heads. By which I mean they're named Ra, apparently. 
Why? Like the god. He's not a unicorn. I know. Do they? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's my top five things that, uh, suck in this game. I mean, that was a lot of suck. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you feel lighter now that you've, like, I do. Vented? I feel better. The venting helps. A little bit of the pressure came off. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, and then last little bit in this section, because really there's just not much to talk about in this game. How did you feel about the final boss? The double final boss. There was the Thunderbird, not Ganon. And then you fought your fucking Shadow Clone Jutsu self. Yes. I like how we fought the Radiance and then our own inner demons. Yeah. You fought the Radiance and then you fought the Void. Yeah. A, a, a very nice reversal of the Hollow Knight trope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for... Okay, what is the actual boss name of the Radiance? Uh, the Thunderbird. The Thunderbird. For the Thunderbird fight, I was... I made it so much harder than it needed to be. Uh-huh. Because for the longest, like, for the longest time, I was trying not to hit the Thunderbird. Like, I was trying not to, like, come in contact with it. Oh, okay. Because, you know, usually when you hit the bad guys, it hurts. Yeah. But for some reason, it decided not to. Yeah. No, it's only the fireballs so, that did damage, so. It's only the fireballs that did damage, which makes legitimately no sense. Also, why is the Thunderbird shooting fireballs? I think... They're probably, like, lightning balls, but, like, they just look like all the other Thunderballs in the game. Oh, no, I was gonna say, because I the think they wanted to call it the Phoenix, like, a Phoenix? Like, I think that's what... I mean, yeah. Because what is a Thunder... A Thunderbird's not a thing. It's a Zapdos, Tina. Fuck that! <laughs> you can't be taking your own intellectual property and just implementing it in other places? But no! Also, but also, to be fair, I would not be at all surprised if there was, like, actually a Thunderbird in Japanese mythology that I'm just unaware of because I don't know Japanese mythology well enough. Okay, I mean, yes, that's fair. And maybe the Thunderbird from Japanese mythology shoots fire. Who knows? Who knows? I certainly don't. I don't, either. I mean, that's, like, the only thing that really bothered me about the Thunderbird fight. That's fair. Was the fact that... They decided to take a hard left and say that the boss is ethereal and doesn't hurt you one bit. Yeah. Again, deciding to do something completely different in the ninth inning. Yeah. This game seems to do that a lot. I had a lot less problem with the Dark Link fight. Okay. I'm all here for confronting your inner demons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the Dark Link fight was fine. I just cheesed him because you can just I mean, duck in the left corner and just stab him to death and it's fine thunderbird was kind of weird that you had to like get the thunder spell and you could only defeat him after using the thunder spell which required all eight mana upgrades and it's like okay but i don't know it was fine it, it the thunderbird didn't really feel any different from any of the other bosses to me it didn't really feel like a I, final boss i agree that the thunderbird didn't feel anything didn't feel much different than any of the other bosses However, I felt Link was kind of like, like just a half step down from Thunderbird. You know, like it felt yeah even less impactful. Yeah, especially since like that, like the the Dark Link fight wasn't a boss. I mean, it was a boss fight, but like that wasn't an evil boss. That was the Triforce testing you to make sure you were powerful enough to accept it. Ooh. And like that, yeah, you're just gonna fight, you're just gonna have me fight me? Okay. 
I'm glad I'm more powerful than the Triforce thinks I am? Yeah. Uh, Why does the Triforce think Link is such a pussy? I don't know. Triforce is just underestimating this 16-year-old boy, I guess. I mean, we all underestimate 16-year-old boys. It's very true. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for this section. Let's move on. Before we move on. Oh, yeah? What you got? Yes. I realized this was not a story-heavy game. Yep. However, in the minimal research I've done, I did encounter one article that mentioned the story. And why aren't we talking about it? Uh, What part of it? The fact that this is the same Link, but it's not the same Zelda from Zelda from Zelda 1, and the Zelda in Zelda 1 is the fake Zelda, but this is the real Zelda. Oh, yeah. You don't know the whole Zelda multiple timeline reincarnation bullshit. Let me explain to you how every Zelda in every Zelda game is a different but same Zelda. Is... (laughs) I I will save all questions to the end, because I already have seven. Okay, so basically how this works is at some point... Far in the past, there was the Proto-Zelda, the Proto-Link, and the Proto-Ganon. The originals. They fought. We haven't had this game, but they fought. Some shit happened. Ganon was sealed away. And at some point in the future, Ganon was unsealed. Ganon is always the same person. Ganon is always Ganon. He just keeps getting sealed and unsealed and resealed and... Turned into a fucking weird scaly boy or some smoke. Ganon is always Ganon, though. In comparison, though, Zelda and Link are regular Hylians who die and have lives. But what changes is the Triforce chooses new Zeldas and Links at different points in the timeline to combat the unleashed force of Ganon. So, from my understanding, this may not be exactly correct, um... But basically, uh, like, I don't know, many people just name their kids Zelda and Link. Because fuck it. Usually Zelda, the Zelda that is chosen is a Princess Zelda. And by usually, I mean literally always. And Link is some just schmuck, usually like a town guard or something. But he's brave. He's courageous. And that's why he gets the Triforce of Courage. So, as Ganon arises... A new Zelda and Link are chosen to wield the Triforce and defeat him. So the original Zelda from the last game was not a Triforce Zelda. She was just a Princess Zelda. The Zelda that we awakened in this game was the tri- was the current Triforce Zelda. Okay, so the person we saved in the last game is just some poor, poor soul who their parents named Zelda in hopes that she would wield the Triforce. I don't think it's necessarily that. It's more that just Zelda and Link are incredibly powerful and common names in this world. Like, Zelda and Link are like... like John and Lauren. No, like, they are, like, mythologically, like, everybody in the world knows who Zelda and Link are. Like, they are Odysseus or other mythological figures. Like, they are... The the heroes. Was Odysseus really your first like? It's the first one that came to mind. Okay, I was trying to think of Greek heroes, and that's what I got. Mm-hmm. You weren't gonna pick the one that had a Disney movie made about him. Hercules. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I literally forgot Hercules. Judge me harshly. Um. 
But they are like the proto-heroes. They are the heroes of Hyrule. And so people, they are very popular names because of that. Okay, okay. So Ganon is eternal. Ganon is eternal. Okay, wonderful. Ganon is eternal. So when, and there are many a Link and many a Zelda babies running around Hyrule because the original heroes were awesome. Yes. Also, just quick disclaimer, now that I've said this afterwards, I am not a Zelda scholar. This is my understanding as a casual Zelda fan and having read a fair amount of Hyrule Historia. So if I'm wrong, audience, I apologize. Feel free to send angry hate mail to us, I guess. But whatever. Continue. So, like, do the Zelda and Link spirits, like, come and just over... Like, did the Link spirit just come and overtake the 16-year-old boy one day? No, it's... uh, Sorry. Or, like, was he always... No, he was always a Link. Link with a capital L. He he was a Link. He was a person named... Yeah, I know he was a Link, but was he always the Link? No. I said reincarnation, but it's not exactly that. It's not like Ozpin. It's more that they are they are a Link, and then they accept, at some point, they are given the mantle of the Link by the Triforce. They are given the Triforce of Courage, uh, usually after, usually because they are proven to be courageous. There are many Links. This Link is the most courageous one. Therefore, he okay. gets the Triforce of Courage and is chosen by the Triforce to defeat Ganon. Okay. Yes. Okay, so the Zelda we save is... Ha- is the Zelda that had the Triforce of Wisdom. Yes, but she's asleep, so she's had it for a while, so we, like, have no attachment to her at all. No. So why are we saving her? Because Impa said so. Mm. And we're courageous! We're a hero! It's what we do! Whatever. Link might have even less personality than the knight from Hollow Knight. (laughs) His personality is, I'm going to go save the day now. Yeah, I think he actually has less personality than your character from the Hollow Knight. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. He's literally a mindless drone. Pretty much. But he's courageous! Woo! In later games, he's absolutely given, like, little bits of personality, but, like, he is, like, one of the epitomes of the silent protagonist. There's yeah, a- Joe, how would you describe... Could, can you give me three words to describe Link, none of which are courage or any derivative of said word? Uh, goofy? Uh, bumbling? And green cannot be your third one? Uh, usually, hot boy. Yeah? He is always very pretty. And th- th- that is, that's not a hot boy, though. That's a pretty boy. Okay, sorry, pretty boy. Okay. I mean, to be fair, though, Hylians are based off of, like, Tolkien elves, so, like, it makes sense. That he's a pretty boy? I mean, yes. All Tolkien elves are incredibly pretty. Mm. I, too, have seen at least a third of one of the Lord of the Rings movies. And, and you must admit, Legolas is a very pretty man. I mean, yeah. But, you know, I'm a female. I'm obligated to think Orlando Bloom is hot. I mean, I'm a, I'm a straight guy, and I also think Orlando Bloom is hot. <laughs> I didn't know you also got the memo. <laughs> oh, great. I'm so excited to play more Zelda games about some random boy... 
new brands of boy each time. Also, for reference, this is yeah, act- That's so dumb. No, stop it right now. That's so dumb. You started this podcast with how, oh, uh, this is like one of the few actual direct sequels, and we're not playing as the same freaking person. No, we are. Oh, we are? Yeah, no, we are. That is why it is one of the few direct sequels, because this is actually the same link as the last game. The sequels are Zelda and Zelda 2, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. But the Zelda isn't the same Zelda. The Zelda is not the same Zelda. Um, Oh, yes, no, this makes sense, because this is our second Zelda. Yes. Yes, this is Zelda number two for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, like, our fourth or fifth Zelda. I'm sure one of those prostitutes was named Zelda. Would not be surprised. (laughs) But the Zelda that receives the Triforce of Wisdom is almost always a princess. One of these games, she's going to be a prostitute. She is a pirate in one of them. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. We're getting closer. Yeah. I'm, mm, pirate, princess, prostitute. They're all very close alphabetically. Yeah. Hey guys, Joe here. Just want to pop in here at the midpoint to let you know some information before we finish up the episode. First of all, we'd love to get some recommendations from you guys on what we should play, so feel free to send us some of those. You can either email us at levelinganoob at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at levelingn. That's the word leveling and the letter N. Uh, Second of all, we'd love it if you would support us here on Anchor. Uh, You can support us by going to our show page and clicking on the Support This Podcast button. Supporting us would give us the opportunity to get some better recording equipment and even get Tina some consoles so we could uh, play some more modern games. But hey, even if you can't support us, I just wanted to say thanks from both Tina and I for just giving our podcast a listen. We really appreciate it. Some ads might play after this, but ads or not, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. See you all in two weeks for the next one. Anyway, if we're finished with questions about the complex and convoluted and kind of dumb Zelda, Zelda timeline. Yeah, I think this is all I can take for now. All right, uh, let's I'll move on. Back. What did you think of the game's art style? Marginally better than Zelda 1. It's fair. Um, very marginally. Okay. It still sucked to look at. It's fair. Uh, but, you know, there are more than, like, three colors this time, so I can't be too mad. Yeah. Uh, an interesting point uh, to note, you are, because it is the same Link, uh, it is the same world, it is the same Hyrule, but everything is smaller because in the first game you were a 10-year-old and everything seemed so big to you, but now that you've grown up, it all seems so small. And so they reflected that kind of ideological switch in Link's head with the actual visuals of the game. Aw. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I'm here for that. Yeah. I personally prefer the Zelda 1 uh, visual aesthetic, but that's just my personal opinion. So, you know. Fair enough. I didn't think this was bad, and you're right. I think it did have more colors overall. I just think Zelda 1 is more iconic, and therefore I like it better. I will agree it's definitely more iconic, but I I believe, since I don't have quite the nostalgia and emotional attachment you do, that, like... It's totally fair. the, The iconicness is not as powerful to me, you know? That's totally fair. Uh, how did you feel about the soundtrack? 
To what be fair, a I, disappointment. To be fair, I think this one was longer than seven minutes. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yes, I get it. Okay. And when I say what a disappointment, it's not the whole soundtrack, obviously. But just one very specific part that irritated me to no end, the fact that every boss music was the same. Yeah, that's fair. With the exception of when you fought the Thunderbird. Yeah. They gave the Thunderbird its own music. But then, in the true boss of your inner being, you just went back to the same dumb music. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't know, like, have you no sense of drama? Come on! Like, okay, maybe it was, like, maybe you didn't have the space for different music for every boss. I get it. But Dark Link should have had his own music. Yeah, that's fair. It's Dark Link! I can completely understand that. I would have been happy even if you just took the Zelda tune and just put it in a minor key. That's all you needed to do. You didn't need to create anything new. Yeah. I just didn't want the boss music. I can, yeah, I I can understand that. I don't know. It just, you, you have me do highs and lows, and I usually pull them as I'm playing the game. Uh-huh. But I usually like to go back through just yeah. to make sure, like, yes, this is truly, you know, how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so I watched, like, a six-minute video of all the boss fights right in a row. And it was the same dumb music, and I got so angry. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's fair. It, I, I mean, like, we already, you mentioned mostly a space limitation thing. I mean, okay, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, like, yeah. A, all I needed was one more song. That's fair, but they may not have had space for it. Like, that is a big part of why so many NES games felt so restricted. That there was just so little space on an NES cart. Like, the biggest an NES game could be was one megabyte. That is actually kind of impressive. But, okay, but then why was the Thunderbird the boss that got its own music? No, that's also totally fair. The The... I... If you could only choose one, I don't know why you didn't choose Link. Dark Link, whatever. Yeah. Also, I'm kind of here for Zelda theme in a minor key. That seems like, you know, kind of an easy idea. Sure. But I I mean, I don't don't know how the NES chip works. I don't know how easy it is to tell the NES chip this one, but lower. I mean, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. No, I understand. I, I totally understand the frustration. I... I was very meh on this soundtrack. There wasn't as much, like, iconic shit as in the first Zelda. Like, everything on the Zelda 1 soundtrack was iconic. This one was like, whatever. And the, the, the rest of the music wasn't bad. Yeah. And I did appreciate how the different... I did like the variety of the music in the different dungeons. Yeah. I... I thank you. I liked it. But that just... Just... just, <clears throat> just That's fair. Uh, Hey, Tina. What about those sound effects, though? I mean, you know I have a disdain for that 8-bitty yes. noises. Yes, you do. But They were atrocious. Yeah, no, they were atrocious. The sound effects were not great. Uh, but let's move and, on. Okay, I understand. One megabyte. I'm not expecting perfection here. But so, like, just maybe we don't put as many in, you know? Less is more. <laughs> Some people would disagree. Maybe if you didn't put as many in, you would have had room for a few more songs. That's all I'm saying. It's fair. 
Uh, moving on to the next section, where we were called highs and lows, where we talk about some of our favorite and least favorite sections of the game. This is a short one. Uh, spell, Tina. My least favorite spell was the spell spell. Same. It was almost it was... entirely useless, and it was called the mm-hmm. spell spell. Both are alone. Either reason is enough for me to hate it. Together, it's just unbridled fury. Yeah. That this dumb thing, the spell spell, fuck off. Yeah, no, the spell spell sucked. I literally picked up the spell spell, and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean this spell is called spell? Is my game broken? And I googled it, and I'm like, it's literally called the spell spell. What the fuck? <laughs> So that was a spell. Uh, what was your favorite? Was absolutely atrocious. Um, what was your favorite? My favorite, my favorite spell was the life spell because, duh, I Same. needed a way to heal myself. Same because duh. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were tons of other cool spells that did stuff, but but life though. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about temples? My least favorite was the Great Palace. That's totally fair. I can agree was, with you. It was near the bottom of my list, but not my worst. Okay. I can totally understand it, though. It was yeah. a lot less than great. Yeah. It was also yes. very long. Yeah. It was, like, the longest dungeon in any Zelda game we've played thus far. It was... I feel that the first Zelda game had quite a few puzzles in the dungeons that were like, oh, that was kind of cute and, like, clever, you know? This game does not have puzzles. This game does not have puzzles, and I feel like they kind of wanted to, and the Great Palace is the place where you saw that the most, where, like, they wanted to have puzzles, but they failed at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My least favorite was the Maze Island Palace for the very same reason that whatever the fuck it was in the last game was my least favorite, because fuck Wizards, Tina. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Just fuck them. Fuck them right up the ass with a cactus. Okay. Just right up their dumb, dumb robes. Uh, what, what was your favorite, though? I probably like it. Um, I'm sorry. Um, my favorite palace was the... Pa- Parappa. Parappa? The first one? Parappa? Uh, yeah, the Parappa Palace, the first one, right? The Parappa Palace. Yes, it was the first one. That's totally fair. Shortest, easiest, le- least obnoxious. Yes, all yes to all of those things. Uh, my favorite was the Island Palace because uh, I don't know. I thought it was a neat location. I liked that it was like kind of secluded, and I liked that there was a little porch outside the palace that you could get the raft. I think mm-hmm. they were all crap, but that one had like the nicest environment. So I agree that did, that did have a nice environment. Yeah. I. I support that as your favorite. Thank you. Uh, and then the last one, what about bosses? My least favorite was Karak. Yeah, the Wizrobe. Yes, the Wizrobe. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. Yes. Yeah, the Wizrobe. Because Wizrobes suck. Um, mine was Helmet Head, because he was dumb. He was a man with two helmets. And also, like, mechanically, actually, I hated him because he had those fucking helmets. When you knocked them off, they floated around the room and fired fireballs at you. And it was way too chaotic of a fight for the goddamn control scheme. And it was early in the game, so you didn't have a lot of health or defense or attack. So, fuck Helmet Head. 
no, he was definitely in contention for the absolute just trash worst. But I dislike the Wizrobe more. Yeah, understandable. Wizrobe sucked, but at least with Karaka, you could just kind of sit in the corner with Reflect on and just wait. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about your favorite? Okay, so my favorite, hold on, I didn't get his name. Give me a second. Does it matter if I have his name? Not particularly. Okay. My favorite was, and it's for a dumb, dumb reason, and I don't even care. My favorite was the um, knight on the horsey. Oh, Rebonac, I think was his name. Rebonac? Yeah. Rebonac. That sounds about right. I think it's Rebonac, yeah. The fucking iron knuckle on a horse. Yes, him. For the sole reason of you had to, like, downward slash to damage him. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I can go up and down, and then I can also downward slash in this game. And so I was very proud of myself. Hell yeah. And I just wanted to highlight that point of growth. <laughs> I, Rebenak was in contention, because I just liked, he was silly, he was a man on a horse. I don't yeah. know. Was, mine was Barba, because it was a dragon. I mean, sure. End of End of statement. He was a dragon. Similar to the palaces. All of the bosses sucked, but Barba was a dragon. So therefore best. Therefore best. Oh, God. So, Tina, before we give this the lowest score we've ever given a video game on this podcast, (laughs) do you have any closing thoughts? I'm so glad it's over. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. What did you think I was going to give this game? Uh, I gave it the same as Pokemon, 3 out of 10. What mm, did you give okay. it? I mean, you're not that far off. Two and a half. I was somewhat joking with the worst score ever on this podcast, but hot damn. Actually, I mean, yeah. the worst score we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah. I mean... I mean, like... So, spo- spoiler alert for things that are... Th- things that are coming down the pipes... We're specifically playing a game, we're gonna play a game in the future that's so bad it's good. So, like, things might get shifted, like, the perspective might change. Yeah. Once we hit this game. But, uh, for now, two and a half seems fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's a, it's a very bad game. Just, uh, and again, like, these scores are not, like, how actually good, it's much, like, how actually good and bad it is. It's, like, I want to say 50%, like, enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, it's much more... Yeah, I mean, all reviews are opinions. And this is your opinion. And that's fine. Yes. But I'm giving no illusions that this is any amount of fact. Yeah. Also, your score is literally half what you gave Zelda 1. You gave Zelda 1 a a 5.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. I was kind to Zelda 1. Yeah, you were. Uh, hey, Tina. Oh, now I'm in such a bad mood. Why don't you hit him up with our socials, though? You can find us at LevelingN on Twitter, where I tweet sometimes. And you can find us at our Gmail, which is LevelingNNoob at Gmail. And you can give us suggestions for our games. Yeah. Or just be angry at me about how poorly I explained the Zelda timeline. Or... Be angry at me about how much I hate your favorite games. Yeah. Uh, But next time, we're going to be playing a much more fun game. At least for Tina. I'm very bad at this game. And Tina's very (laughs) happy about it. 
we're going to be playing Crypt of the Necrodancer, a very fun rhythm roguelike game. I'm so excited. I've already started playing. It's going to be such a good two weeks, everybody. Yes. And I am going to say Tina is going to give it a 7 out of 10. Ooh. I feel like you're purposely lowballing that. I also feel like I'm purposely lowballing it, but I'm I'm lowballing it because I think that while you are enjoying it currently, you are enjoying the start of it. I think it may get like a difficulty thing where like it might not be as good or like maybe you don't enjoy layer content. I'm unclear. I just okay. don't think you will like it as much as Hollow Knight, which is really what I'm comparing it against for some reason. Fair enough. But yeah, that's it for uh, this uh, edition of Leveling Up. Come back in two weeks when we will discuss Crypto the Necrodancer. Bye, everyone. Bye. used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.